There is no other podcast like this, so proceed with caution as we challenge your beliefs by providing the forbidden information kept away from you and your family by modern medicine so they can keep you on the path of drugs for anything and drugs for everything. Hundreds of years of preventative medicine have been destroyed by Big Pharma. We're in the dark ages of true healing. After all, it's not just about living long, it's about living well. If your continuing search for answers has led you nowhere, you will find the truth here on the Forbidden Doctor Podcast. Now prepare to have your consciousness explode into the next evolutionary stage of human existence with your hosts, Dr. Jack and Mary Stockwell. Stockwell. Hey everybody, it's Dr. Jack. And Mary. And we are here with episode number 62, how you can tell if cancer has already started or how your body functions when it's healthy. This podcast is for people today that don't have or been diagnosed with a particular disease or condition and they take care of themselves, they try to eat right, though they, you know, they don't always succeed and you do an occasional workout. And these are people who simply don't know what potential their body has, but they're they're scared. They're afraid of suddenly getting really sick, as many of their family or friends have. So they're looking for a way to stay healthy. Hey, we had a family member just be, was diagnosed with colon cancer, and um, they haven't contacted us. But they know what we do, but they haven't. No prophet is without honor, except in their own home or country. <laughs> I think Jesus said that. Yes, but we had another patient that was an emergency and was diagnosed with stage three colon cancer and was 87 years old, did not want to do the medical diagnosed or medical recommended procedure of having his colon taken out and having, you know, a, a colostomy bag. And then series of chemo and series mm-hmm. of radiation. Which I don't know if he would have survived the anesthesia at 87 years old, but Medicare pays for it. So, hey, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. So he came to us um, and we we are not treating his cancer. But we are supporting him nutritionally. We did a, I did an emergency bioscan on him. And um, so far after he started GAPS that night, <laughs> The next day, he um, um, started all his supplementation and enemas, and in four days, he no more bleeding. Yeah, the bleeding was severely restricted. Well, no, it was just gone. Yeah. and he was having a lot of anal bleeding. Yeah, yeah. So that was exciting. So, but that's what we're scared of. We have friends and family that come down with these dreaded, horrible diseases, and we're scared. So, how do we know if if we're healthy? Well, let's start with a symptom survey. Okay. Let's do that. Uh, you know, and that's not for everybody, but it's something we're offering. If you go to ForbiddenDoctor.com slash survey, uh, for a short time now, we're offering these things for free. Normally, they're 150 bucks, almost 200 questions to give us a good health profile of what's going on inside you. And what you get back is a personalized supplement protocol. Yes. And it would be very brief because we need more information to get much more complex in what we would re- recommend. But we'll give you a very brief protocol recommendation based on the symptom survey results. Oh, sometimes we go crazy and give you well, not, that's true. not a brief one. But, that's true. But, but we will give you a personalized protocol. And that's so much better than walking into a health food store and going, oh, I think mm. I need some vitamin C. I probably need calcium. I don't know. Yeah, so well, it's kind is- of a shotgun approach. What we want to do is a targeted sniper approach. Yeah. I mean, it'd be best if everybody could come into our office and have a bioscan done, but that's not practical. So no. this is the next best thing, and right now it's free. Well, in the last episode... We talked about the thyroid and the HPA axis, the hypothalamus-pituitary-adrenal relationship, in regulating our metabolism and balancing our emotions. Today, we're going to give you a picture of what life looks like when your pancreas is functioning properly and your thyroid hormone output is at proper levels by bringing up some things that everybody's familiar with when these things are not at a proper balanced level. Because those are the two most important things. You have to be able to digest your proteins yes. and emulsify your fats, and you need a wonderfully healthy endocrine system or hormone output. Yes. So that's what we covered. We covered the hormone output in the last podcast, and I think two podcasts before that we covered the pancreas. So today, what we're going to do is give you a list of things that's... Um, 
Oh, I'm kind of getting ahead of ourselves well, see, here. At, yeah. at, the, at the end of this list, if you can say, well, I don't have any of those These things. are red flags. Yeah. If I don't have any of those red flags that Dr. Jack and Mary are talking about, maybe I'm not so bad after all. But if you've got any of these, this is what's important to pay attention to. Yeah, because we usually measure health with the absence or by the absence of disease. Yeah. And that's terrible. In other words, we think if we're not sick, quote sick, then we're not oh, healthy. Everybody in my office is sick but me. I never, ever get sick. That's not a good sign. No, this is a very flawed form of health care that we, yes. we, uh, we subscribe to in our country. You wait and wait and wait until you get sick. You don't do anything. We're not even, even our health classes in high school and junior high and elementary, are, we're not taught about prevention except for... Um, the food pyramid. Wash your hands. Yeah. We, and oh. cover your mouth when you sneeze. Yeah. And if you're around sick people, uh, don't shake hands. Yeah. Come yeah. on. There's yeah. more to it than well, that. Well, yeah, building the immune system. Let me give you an example. Um, we had a couple come to us. This has been... Whew, Ten years ago? Yeah, maybe seven, eight, somewhere yeah, around there. it's a while. And um, But it's just a perfect example. And he came to us, we'll call him Bob. And Bob came to us, and he had already had liver cancer, had part of his liver taken out. He'd had almost half of his colon taken out with the colon cancer, and he had spots on his lung. That's where we got him. And we didn't try to treat cancer, and we just supported his body through the chemo, especially his liver, through the chemo and radiation and all these types of things. His wife, on the other hand, was... Um, oh, by the way, I didn't state <laughs> first that Bob was very, very, very thin. In fact, we take care of his whole family and they're concave. I mean, their stomachs go in and they're always trying to gain weight. So and they're the perfect uh, physical specimen of someone you would think was healthy mm -hmm. because they're thin. Yeah. His big claim to fame that he was, which he said his entire life was, I never, I, I never got sick. I never got sick a day in my life. That's what he yes. he kept saying. Well, his wife, on the other hand, was very, very large. She was obese. At least 100 pounds overweight. Yeah, very obese. And they admittedly ate terribly. Yeah, and by that, they ate a lot of fast foods. He's a trucker. She would go with him a lot, an awful lot on the routes. And so they were eating fast food every time they turned around. But he said to me, I never got sick. Yeah. And I never got fat. So I thought I was the healthiest person on the planet. Now they just had different genetics. They're both the same age, which is kind of weird for a married couple, but they had, and they had been married 40 years and admittedly eaten terrible. It made, well, he ended up with cancer and she ended up obese. So, but he thought he was healthy. Just like you're always saying with heart attack victims, um, 50 or half the people, 50% of the people that die from heart attacks are thin. Yes. And with low cholesterol, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. To add, they have that on top of it. This is not a good way to. Um, it's a flawed way. That's to right. Just because you're thin doesn't health. mean you're healthy. Just because you're overweight doesn't mean you're not healthy. Yeah, you can be overweight and still be healthy. Yeah, and I'm you, not talking 100 pounds. Yeah, but you can be. You and it's the reason why you got overweight. See, yes. that's the point I was trying to make. Oh yes, yes. That they ate poorly. Okay, Bob ended up dying of cancer. It was just all through his whole body. He didn't have anywhere to store the toxins. Um, you know, he didn't have any fatty tissues. So they, you know, women, we get breast cancer because, you know, bam, great place to store toxins and fatty tissue. She had lots of places to store toxin and fatty tissue. I think it's kind of mother's nature way of keeping women around longer than men because women hold on to fatty tissue more than men. And I think for that very reason, because it's a nice place to hold toxin. And she did have fatty lumps all through her body. So um, that was really bad too. She ended up um, actually losing 100 pounds. She did a whole lot of work yes. with us. But Bob did end up dying. Um, it was very difficult to... Support his body through Well, that. unfortunately, he was on his way out when we started taking care of him. Yeah. I mean, but, he was pretty far gone. Yeah. So people think, the point I'm trying to get across is that people think that excreting means they're sick. And by excreting, you mean? Coughing, sneezing, diarrhea, throwing up, fevers. Yes. And they say, oh, I was so sick. And I always say, oh, no, you were super healthy. 
you know. Yeah, your body's responding to something you picked up. Yeah, with a fever, your body heats up so it so it kills the pathogen for one thing, just by the temperature alone. But also, it 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 heats up so it can suck and and um, what's the word? It's not suck, but um. Well, it's going to pull pull the calcium it'll out of take some if you're calcium deficient, and usually whenever you have a fever, you're calcium deficient. Well, it, it'll pull the, the calcium out of the bones in order to feed the immune system. Yeah, to that the calcium wave we've talked about. Yeah, your so immune it heats system up will your not system to leach. It. That's the word I was trying to come up with to leach the yes. calcium out of your bones. That's why a baby gets a fever when they're teething, typically because they don't have enough calcium in their diet. The the women aren't nursing anymore, and every the horrible rice they feed these babies and so they leach literally leach the calcium out of their bones to build the teeth that they need yes so if you give a baby calcium when they're teething bam they won't have a fever anymore and won't scare the parents to death so being sick isn't necessarily um a sickness in my opinion i always when people come in with a little runny nose i'm like yay your body's working which i think is wonderful now if you let me give you a little example here with our son rourke just that's been happening to us in the last week. Our uh, the school, everybody has the flu. I guess he said he texted us two days ago and said, "There's nobody in school. All the teachers are out. Everybody's sick." And he said, "And everybody around me is coughing and hacking, and you know he called them sick." And I said, "Well, I told him not to not get too arrogant, yeah. <laughs> because they're going through the cell mediated immunity that we talked about in what what um, episodes." Yes, back in uh, episode six and seven, forbidden immunity. Yes, but in the vaccinations, they're going through. Oh, we talked about this in the vaccinations, part one, part two, and part three of how you protect yourself. Go through the natural cell mediated immunity, which is the coughing, sneezing, fever, where your where your body is where your body gets yourself sick. Yeah. Your body gets it's not the it's not the viral or bacterial microbial agent that made you sick. Your body makes you sick. Your body trying to deal with the presence of this enemy. Quote sick. Yeah, and one of the things one of the major uh, cells in the immune system that fight bacteria and viruses is the neutrophil, and the neutrophil is just it's the the call of reveille. You know, when in a in an attack, in an army attack, the call of reveille to bring everybody together and to fight is triggered by raising the temperature. So when you get a fever, besides what you've already said, a fever will activate the neutrophils in your immune system to go after the enemy. Yeah. So just because you got a fever, like you were saying earlier, doesn't mean you're sick at all. It's your body's responding. Yes. And then you'll create the humoral immunity, which creates the antibodies. Yes. So you don't get this sickness again. So I told... Our son, I said, well, you don't get so arrogant. You may not have ever been exposed to this pathogen before, and you might get, quote, sick. I don't think he'll be sick long because he is really healthy, but... Um, if you have been exposed to this before. If you've been exposed to it, you're not going to get yeah, you've anything. got antibodies, and you're doing fine, just like his best friend didn't get sick either. Yeah, so far. Yeah, so far. <laughs> so, far. So, so, but, but, but those that are super sick, in my opinion, sick, where their immune system can't fight it off and they die from a virus or a bacteria, then that is true sickness. Yes. And that's what we're going to expose here is to teach you how you can see if you have red flags that could lead to cancer, could lead to Parkinson's, could lead to um, Alzheimer's. That's what we're all scared of. But these things are mild and benign enough in and of themselves that you think, oh, it's, oh, everybody has this. Oh, every, you know, exhaustion. Let's talk about that first. Well, oh, that, everybody's tired. Well, that no. is the number one, in my opinion, symptom or red flag for me in, in, in the office when I see patients is this symptom of exhaustion. Because I remember being so sick as a child, not sick, excuse me. I remember being so exhausted as a child, I couldn't, I, di I didn't want to, I didn't have the energy to bend over and pick up something off the floor. Now, I didn't know any different. I thought that's how everybody was. I mean, when you've been blind since birth, you don't really know what you're missing. So I didn't know that everybody wasn't like this. In fact, I remember hearing people say that they want, I, I remember hearing about professions like house cleaning or a maid in a hotel or something like that, I remember thinking, I would never want to do that because I didn't have the energy to literally clean up. And I see these people that do clean houses and they're just go, 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 go. And I think, I Where mean, does that energy come from? Yeah. That's why that's, that's a, that's 
I don't know how to say this correctly. That's not a sign of life. That's exhaustion is a very big red flag. And it's one that medical doctors will not validate. I have so many people tell me they go to their medical doctor and they say, I'm exhausted. I can't get, I can't do anything. I, every, and the medical doctor, what's, what, what do they say? Oh, you just need to uh, go, go home, home, get some rest and exercise. They always say this, go home, lose weight and exercise. Oh, I, that's right. The that's all that's the magic cure for everything. Exercise is the magic cure for everything and to not get the flu, just wash your hands. That's it. Don't don't talk about building the immune system or rebuilding your gut or strengthening your pancreas or your spleen, you know, that little organ that filters all your blood, you know, makes your red and white blood cells. You know, that that, that little thing. They don't talk about that. They just talk about, "Hey, wait and wait and wait until you get a disease." Oh, wait. And in, and in that process, wash your hands. Yes. And cover <laughs> your nose if you sneeze. Yeah. Stay away from people cover that are mouth. sick. So that, let's go to the next one. Okay. So exhaustion. I don't, I don't want to leave that one because that's the number one thing. It's very, very important to us. That's a big sign. That's a big red flag that something's not right inside of you. Your body is meant to have energy. That's all it does. That's all it's trying to do. And we're not talking about exhaustion from, you know, cleaning the garage out Saturday afternoon and then Sunday you don't want to do anything. We're talking about exhaustion that goes on day after day, week after week, month after month. Yeah. It's very important to listen to that. Okay. Number two. Constant heartburn, smelly gas, and bloating. Yeah. You know anybody like that? (laughs) We talk a lot about smelly gas in our um, consultation rooms because smelly gas means that protein inside of you has rotted and putrefied and fermented. And this should never happen if you have sufficient acid in your stomach because the acid in your stomach is designed to break down proteins. If you do not have enough acid, which is what causes the heartburn, of course that sounds a little counterintuitive because everybody's told heartburn is because we have too much acid. So we take the PPIs, the proton pump inhibitor that stops the formation of acid. Or we'll take an acid sopper, an acid blocker. Or we'll take Tums to change the pH, something like this, because that's all a symptomatic approach to dealing with this heartburn. When in fact, we have been eating the foods that do not trigger proper acid release in the stomach. And so that stuff just sits there, it ferments, it creates unnatural acids that blow back up because of the acid up the throat, and that's where the heartburn comes in. And the pyloric valve slams shut. It's like, you're not coming down yeah, here. Yeah, the, the pyloric will not let the contents get into the small intestine because it's still in chunks, for Pete's sake. Can't use it. And it, it, it would just tear up the gut, which is already fragile yeah. anyway, and it's only supposed, the gut should only have to deal with soup. So the food that we eat, if we chew it enough, it's in the stomach long enough, it becomes soup by the time it gets into the small yeah, intestine. It triggers the the um, um, glands on the pylo- no the um, parotid glands to, if you chew it enough, the parotid glands get triggered and said, hey, there's some fat coming down and the gallbladder starts excreting its little bile. But the problem is that the food goes in there undigested. You know, your colon's a strong organ, but it can't take 30 years of undigested food going through yeah. it. So that's a big problem. But if you don't break down your proteins into amino acids so you can get them into your bloodstream, what have you got? It's the building blocks of everything. So heartburn is huge. Smelly gas is a huge symptom. Um, Smelly stools. um, Well, that's the protein that didn't get broken down. And it gets pushed. It gets shoved on down through the system. And And I'm not, you know, feces should smell because that's the way Mother Nature made it so you don't eat it. But not burn down your house smell. I mean, yes. <laughs> you have a bowel movement and everybody leaves the house kind of thing. That's wrong. That means protein is not breaking down. So that's a big sign also. And bloating, meaning you're not able to break down your carbs usually. So you're, um, and, and you're, and if you get nausea after eating, uh, my daughter was like this for years. She couldn't eat anything. Everything made her nauseous. And, you know, you've got to get the gallbladder healthy so you can emulsify the fats and a lot of different things. So um, when you're talking about constant heart, heartburn, you're not talking about occasional heartburn. No. If you eat a pizza or something and you, you something, know you, you ate something you really eat bad. too much of something that you do not normally do. Like, yeah. you, you know, three or four slices of pizza, you're probably going to have some heartburn or indigestion or at least bloating. Yeah. This is your body saying, uh-uh, one would have been enough. Well, that phyllic acid we talked about in the grains. Phytic um, acid. F- from the grains acid. comes through there and causes problems, yes. 
Yeah. So the phytic acid we talked about in a couple podcasts ago. So that's really important. But and then also when you're pregnant, sometimes you'll get heartburn. But you know, you say, well, it just happens when I'm pregnant, which is kind of what happened to me. But that's not good either. You definitely want your proteins broken down. You're building a whole body inside of you. So you really want to, if you eat pizza or whatever, you want you and you it gives you heartburn, you want to prevent that by taking either, you know, some good acids or our long life energy enzymes yes, to help the, take break. the enzymes to help your body and they literally will retrain your digestive system to produce more yeah. acid. They're going going to laugh at us a hundred years from now that we ever tried to stop acid They're in the stomach. They're gonna laugh at us for a lot of things, but that's definitely Yeah, that's one, one of them. the worst things we do. All right, number three. Yellow eyes. Yes. No you know if, I the whites of your eyes is we're what we're talking we mean. about yes. <laughs> We're not talking about being if a If you coward. have yellow eyes, you're a lizard. So, you yeah. know, you got other problems. Yeah, cats have yellow eyes. <laughs> well, but, yeah. but we're talking about the whites of the eyes bringing on a slight yellow tint, which is a buildup of bilirubin in the system. And it's a, it's a sign that there's something going on with the liver. And then it might clear up. And then it comes back again. And it might clear up. And then it might come back. And then it might hang around. And, but you feel okay. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, I noticed my eyes are a little yellow. But I feel okay. Yeah. yeah, it's a big sign something's going on with the liver that needs to be checked. Or even if your skin's yellow, I mean... Well, it's, it'll start with the eyes. Yeah. Once once the skin turns yellow, people usually are compelled to do something about it. Or else you just need to go to the bathroom. I <laughs> but, in the early, <laughs> yeah. but in the early stages, yeah, you sat in the theater too long and you've got to go pee The down. urine's coming up. Yes, <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's this is all different. This is a sign of liver dysfunction. Yeah, really scary stuff. That yeah. by the time you see that symptom, you you, you better. But you might be feeling okay. Yeah, you, you can be. have slightly yellowing of the whites of the eyes and still feel okay. That's what we're talking about here. I've noticed this in movies when they have that. You know, you got a eight hundred foot screen and the face of the movie stars right there in front of you. Older movie stars have um, yellow eyes. The whites of their eyes are yellow. And I've also noticed younger movie stars that they put enough makeup on to look really old, you can tell they're not old because the whites of their eyes are white. They're still white. Watch for that. Yeah. All right. They should learn how to yellow your eyes out. How about makeup. being too thin? Yeah, well, we talked about that with Bob. He was way too thin, and he had, there was no place for the toxins to hide except for in his organs. Yeah, there's a surprisingly amount of fat in the body for even thin people because their organs are the heart, the liver, these things, the kidneys are surrounded by fat to keep them warm. But not in a storage sense, like you're talking about. Yeah, I mean... Um, and so that, so those toxins are flowing through the bloodstream to a point where the body really can't store them because there's not a lot of extra fat. We there. have a test, the bioscan that we do, and it tests the fatty tissue. And it's actually called the fatty tissue degeneration point, which we don't often tell the patients that's what it is because it scares them. But um, the degeneration of your fatty tissue... You know, I had all those breast lumps in, you know, in my breasts on the our very first podcast. I talk about it all the time. That's a better place to throw toxins in breasts than in my lungs or in my colon or that type of thing. Yes. So that's, I think, Mother Nature's way of protecting women is they're typically have more weight on them, more fat yeah, on them. Yeah, after menopause, they're going to put on a little weight. That's yeah. perfectly normal. Yeah, because your ovaries don't produce as much insulin excuse me, estrogen, as they, well, they don't produce as much, so you don't produce an egg. That's important. But you still need estrogen. So your fat cells will produce yes. estrogen. So women are typically fatter than men, but being too fat is not good either. And it, and for the reasons that you got fat, um, usually from eating massive Well, it's usually a, meta, yeah, a metabolic imbalance where you can have two people eating the same thing. One puts on 50 pounds, the other one doesn't. But it's the reason why your body's putting on weight that you need to pay some serious attention to, even though you may feel really good. Yeah. You could walk around with 50 pounds of weight on you you shouldn't have, and you feel great and you think everything's fine. But it's a sign of metabolic imbalance going on that can lead to diabetes and heart disease and a lot of other problems that just suddenly shows up the day the door slams shut. Because look at our children today. They're either stick stick children with dark circles under their eyes or they're ob they're obese yes i mean there's no other way to put it they're all fat or they're way 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 too thin i mean way too thin so that's not a balanced state so that's something you know we talked about the girl the little eight-year-old that had breast cancer <laughs> here in utah yes in a couple podcasts ago okay dry flaking skin 
Yeah, that's really... That comes right down to the gut. A lot of these are going to be related to the gut. And Early the thyroid. Early signs of something going on with the gut. Yeah, that's a thyroid issue too. Um, not eating enough viodine, enough fish, and that type of thing. Um, dry, flaky skin is a big sign. You know, your skin is your biggest organ. It covers all the outside and all the inside of mm-hmm. your body. And if you if you don't have that you know, that's why little children are healthy. They have this soft, moist, supple skin. That their their body works well, you know? I mean, they can they can produce the collagen. You produce collagen from the inside out. So every single time I'll tell a patient I'm doing their working on their hand on their meridian point and I'll say, Oh, your skin's really dry and they just get so embarrassed and say, Oh, I couldn't put on lotion today because we had to do this test and I try to put on lotion every day as if there's a failing within them yes. that they just don't put on enough lotion. Yeah, it's not a matter of not having enough lotion. There's a problem with the gut because the gut's made out of the same thing the skin's made out of. And if you're dry flaking skin, you know there's something going on with the gut. But also the emollient action of oils in the skin that has an awful lot to do with thyroxin and thyroid output, as you were pointing mm-hmm. out. So there's a big connection between thyroid function and gut function that's an early sign when we get dry flaking skin. Yeah, for cell membrane health. You've got to have moist, soft cell membranes in order to release toxin and absorb nutrition. And another thing that's indicative of thyroid, possible thyroid problems is thinning hair. Yeah. Oh, that's the next one, thinning hair. Yeah. Um, Oh, women go into denial about this all the time. and there's different reasons hair will thin sometimes. Menstrually, once a month, maybe your hair falls out a little bit. But it should come back. I mean, you shouldn't be, you know, just dropping off. But it's a bad sign when you've got thinning hair. And a lot of women say as they get older, they have to wear wigs and stuff. And they act like, oh, it's just because I'm getting older. No, no, no. no. There's a thyroid problem. There's a hormonal, massive. Hor- a hormonal thyroid HPA axis yeah. thing going on here as well. Infertility. Number seven, infertility. Yes. Yeah, that's a big sign of not good things. Yes, there's when, something when you can't reproduce. Ooh, Mother Nature's or, mad. Or, and then the menstrual irregularity that goes along with it sometimes, sure. the very number eight, the next thing here, <clears throat> if nature is deselecting you from reproduction, there yeah. is a big sign, even though you might feel good. You're a runner. You run two or three miles a day or 20 miles a week or whatever it is. And here's where it usually comes from. They think they're eating fruits and vegetables. They think they're healthy because they're eating fruits and vegetables. You cannot rebuild the endocrine glands without fat. That's and true. And girls are so scared of fat because they think it'll make them fat. And so they become their menstrual irregularity and then they have a lot of trouble having babies. They have to take, uh, what is it called, the fertility pills yes. to enable them to get pregnant. That's a big sign. You got something looming so huge down the future. You might as well go into denial because you're, you know, it's not good. But no, don't go into denial. Number nine, insomnia. Yeah. Now, I would relate that back to number one, an exhaustion. Yeah. Because a lot of people, uh, because they are not putting physical demand on the body, they don't get tired enough to get really sleepy. And the patients that complain of insomnia to me, mostly in my business, I take care of the structural stuff. Mm -hmm. You're concentrating nutritionally. Are people who have nine to five desk jobs. There just isn't enough physical demand on the body to get tired enough that they can't really get the sleep that their body requires. That's one of them. The other other half of it is, again, liver stuff. If the liver is blocked up, toxic, congested, can't do the blood purification it's supposed to do. You wake up at 2 in the morning, you can't get back to sleep. you can't get back to sleep. That's your liver. The the liver meridian is really Mm -hmm. hot at this point of time in the 24-hour circadian Mm -hmm. rhythm. And it's a sign. I I talk to patients about this when when they're complaining of insomnia. And, of course, they're taking some kind of medication. One is very, very dangerous, Ambien, very dangerous drug. And uh, so I talked to him about more physical, well, I haven't got time to exercise. Yeah, a really good adaptogenic herb that helps that is ashwagandha too. Yes. Um, And and adaptogenic meaning it adapts to your body, what you need, when you need it, how you need it. I'm sorry, I cut you off. No, no, that's all right. It, it's the, the heat shock protein mm-hmm. that is that we need to deal with uh, during high moments of stress. Mm-hmm. And when you're in a stressful condition most of the day, you've got a nine-to-five desk job or you're just not getting enough physical exercise, these things compound and can create an insomnia problem, which 
even though you feel good for the most part, except you're tired and exhausted, but you don't have any physical pain, uh, you've got good regularity with the bowels, uh, these kinds of things, you think you're okay, but this insomnia is a big red flag. It's a big red flag. How another about, another huge one. This is number 10. Bleeding gums. Bleeding gums. Yeah. Or, or Now, I don't mean where, you know, you open your mouth to cough or choke and blood comes pouring out of your <laughs> mouth. I'm talking about a pink toothbrush. Yeah. Bleeding while you brush your teeth. Yeah. And then you rinse your mouth out and there's a little pinkness in the water when you spit it out of your mouth. This is internal scurvy. This is bad. This isn't anything to just go, oh, yeah, my gums bleed when I brush my teeth. You put that little bit so of pressure. I, I just stop brushing so hard. Yeah. Or I only brush every other day. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is a collagen breakdown that's going on in the gums. And this is not just specific to the gum. Yeah. This is collagen anywhere in the body. And you'll notice, too, that you'll bruise easily. That's a bad sign. Yes, yes. Yeah, bruising or bleeding gums. And and there are those who claim that even cardiomyopathy, conditions of the heart sure. muscle, is nothing but scurvy of the heart. Yeah. It's a breakdown of the collagen fibers that hold the important cells, to, well, all the cells together are held together by collagen fibers that go back and forth between mm-hmm. the cells like a knitting needle. Mm-hmm. And when that collagen breaks down because of bad diet, bad food choices, uh, one of the earliest signs you can get is a pink toothbrush. And that's not, as I said, it's not specific to the gum. That is everywhere in the body. Yeah, and I have young people tell me that. Young, young people in their 20s saying they have bleeding gums. Senior moments. Ah. Foggy thinking. Number 11, senior moments. I'm just getting older. Yeah. I just can't remember names like I used to. Sweetheart, I'm your spouse. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I just had a senior moment. I had a really brilliant engineer come to work. Right, come to work, come to our work, actually, but he, he was a patient of our clinic. And he, um, for the last about decade, he was really noticing his, his um, foggy thinking. And he did our whole program, GAPS, and, and then is on a lot of maintenance supplements and is doing wonderful. In fact, on his third test, he came back in and he slaps the side of the chair and he says, I'm back. Yeah, I remember that. I'm back. Well, I think well, we he can... was heading for trouble. And, you know, that was a big sign, foggy thinking. I think we can tie the next one, number 12, depression and emotional instability in with that. Yeah. That's one. That's another one. The doctors will say, go home and exercise and you'll get these endorphins and all this stuff will start happening. Yeah. And just beat your body up. You know, it's your fault. Well, the, <laughs> the gut-brain connection that we talk about, in, uh, especially podcast four and podcast 24, uh, has an awful lot to do with senior moments and depression. Because when the gut isn't functioning correctly, there's going to be poisons that end up in the brain. Yeah. Loss of appetite. Well, that's... Uh, that's I just, you know, that's I just obvious. don't feel like eating. That's an know? end stage thing a lot of times. Yes. Where it takes more... Your body, it takes more energy for you to break down the food than you will get out of it. So your body starts just deselecting you for life. It's starting to make room for somebody else to come in when you have a loss of ap- a continual loss of appetite. And usually, of course, this is end stage problems or very, very old people. But, you know, that's why we put it in here. That's a bad sign. And along with loss of appetite, how about loss of ability to detect aromas and taste? There's research coming out now that's saying that an early sign of Parkinson's is your nose is just not as distinctively selective for smells as it used to be. Yeah. In other words, somebody's smelling something and you're you're not aware of it. You can't you can't really smell it, but you feel good. You're sleeping well, you got energy, everything's fine, but you begin to notice you're not smelling what other people claim they can. You smell that what? Well, that was a skunk. Well, honey, I didn't smell a skunk. Wow. Asomnia. As- Anosmia. Anosmia. Yeah, yeah the inability to yeah. Anosmia. No, did I say that? Anosmia? Anosmia. And it is connected as an early sign of Parkinson's. Yeah. Fungus in the toes. Ooh, that's a bad one. I get fungus in the toes all the time. In yeah, my, not you. <laughs> with patients. No, not me, luckily. But with patients and, because and, you're... And it's not contagious. You know, it's hilarious. People are just like, oh, no. I, I just... They always say, I was. I got in the shower in college, and there I got my fungus in college from the stupid shower, and I've never been able to get rid of it. Well, that's not true. I'm around fungus all the time. I have been since, what, 2004? Yes. And I've never gotten it. So 
Um, but it's a big sign of, of the gut, gut of the, the gut, gut health. Again, you may yeah. feel fine, except, well, I'm okay, except I got a little fungus in my toes. Yeah, we're That's an early sign. It. Constant UTIs, urinary tract infections. Yeah, that's also a, that's a gut issue, cystitis. Yes. And that's a really big, maybe a dug in. An overgrowth bad. of the wrong kind of dug in bad bacteria in the gut is making its way into the bladder. Yeah. And, and again, you may feel fine. Well, I get this UTI about every two weeks, every three weeks, every month, something like that. But I take my antibiotics and then I'm okay until eventually you're not okay. Well, that just throws you onto a, yeah. a, a big snowball rolling down a mountain. You're extreme, just get extreme thirst. Yeah, that's a bad diabetic. That's a good sign of okay. high blood sugar, tendency yeah. towards diabetes. But you have energy, you go to work, you got good sleep. Everybody likes you. Everything's fine. But you notice that you're drinking more and drinking more. And even though you drink more, you're still thirsty. That's an early sign of some serious problems. And shaking between meals. Oh, yeah. Hypoglycemia. Hypoglycemia. That's a really bad sign that your pancreas isn't working well. Good point. Yeah. And that's a foundational problem for everything. Yes. Yeah. That that's pancreas has got to be That's why we healthy. made the long life energy enzymes. You've got to get that pancreas healthy or bad things will happen. Lumps and bumps that won't go away. <laughs> lipoma. A lipoma. I remember in uh, pathology in school uh, when we were talking about cancer, the, uh, the professor said, it's the only thing in the body that has OMA on the end of the word you don't need to worry about because it's not. It's not, it's, not, it's not a malignant. It's not even cancer. It's just a fat body that develops, and you can feel them through the skin, and they're usually mobile. You can kind of move them around. Yeah, I've had patients cut them out. They have scars all over their oh, arms yeah. and everything. It's like the, the obese woman we talked about in the beginning who had the fatty lumps all over and admittedly ate terribly for 40 years. So it's not a good thing. They weren't cancerous yet on her. But it's not a good thing. Um, it's an imbalance in your fat metabolism, and it could be a big, could be a, a liver issue. A liver issue, yeah. yeah. Headaches with no known trigger, and headaches with a known trigger. And these are. And I'm not talking about an occasional headache, like oh, I I might have got a headache, you know, eight months ago or something like that. We're talking about a regularity. But again, you're feeling well. You've got strength. You've got energy. But every but you know that there's certain foods. If you eat it, it's going to give you a headache. And then there's kinds of headaches you're trying to track, and you have no known trigger for it. Mm. Again, these are if it's not a misalignment of the spine. If, well, that's is, what I was going to say. It's that's a good sign of a misalignment. And what does that cause? Oh, everything. It's going to cause nerve interference problems. To especially every, that. Especially at the level where I work, at the very top. Do you know every egg a woman has has its own nerve to the brain? That like, is that is unbelievable. Yeah. So a, a teeny, 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 tiny misalignment could cause infertility. Well, we, we kind of helped an awful lot of women yeah. now. A lot of women conceive because of nothing more than But it can cause gastric problems. Oh, cardiopulmonary problems, problems. Elimination problems, immune system problems, even the inability to get a good night's sleep. Everything. I mean, we talked about, you know, the, um, the um, infertility it could cause... Um, Erection problems, um, not being able to, you know, just the entire structural system, not just headaches. But if, oh, you, yes. if you don't have that full force, that full life force, because if you don't have a good nervous system, in other words, has the ability to function properly without headaches, without all these other symptoms we're talking about, you know, your nervous system is everything. If you took away your all your skin and all your organs and all your fat and all your circulatory system and your hair and everything and left just your nervous system, you would look exactly as you do right now. People will come by you, Jack, and say, hi, Jack. Ooh, don't say that in an airport. But they, <laughs> they would come by. You would look exactly as you do now. So to have a misalignment that causes a headache or that causes infertility or that, I mean, it's, it's huge, your nervous system. Yes. So I can't emphasize that enough. You need to find and out why good, you have headaches. A good sign of this, as you said, is not just headaches. It's just a crooked posture. Shoulder higher than the other one. Uh, one hip advanced a little further forward than the other one. Uh, the short leg uh, inequality. Well, take your child. Put them in front of you. Have them hold still and say, um, 
you know, just close your eyes or whatever and have them just stand there straight as they think they can. See if you can see more of one ear than the other. See if there's more light coming between one of the arms arms than the the other one. See if one of the hands is longer than the other. Yeah, these are signs of postural uh, changes that necessitate a correction to the spine at the level of C1. Mm -hmm. And then the last one here, uh, constant antibiotic use. They feel okay, except they get this little problem here or there that they got to take an antibiotic for. Uh, Earache, uh, sore throat, cystitis, as you said there with the bladder, things like this. A sign is that you're constantly, every few weeks, every few months, you've got to have another antibiotic, even though you feel okay. Yeah, I told the story in our, I forget what number it is, just like a couple times ago, where... Um, let's see. Nah, I'm trying to find it. Oh, number 59, the answer to 97% of all cancers. Yes. I told the story of the two girls that, um, the one girl had been vaccinated her entire life, had tons of antibiotic use and the other girl hadn't. And the difference in their bioscan. So antibiotic, if you have a history of antibiotic use and I mean, just massive amounts too, and vaccinations, if you have a his, if if you've been exposed to toxins, you've lived in a house that has mold, maybe you've left. Or you or, have a job that has an awful lot of exposure to uh, your hair, synthetic yeah. hydrocarbons or, or uh, solvents or, or especially a hairdresser. hairdresser. Or the second most toxic um, profession is a professional golfer. So, you know, if you're out working, if you're a landscape person or something, just around a lot of toxins or if you live in the salt lake valley in the winter <laughs> yes with the uh, inversion inversion yeah so and if you didn't get good nutrition as a child you weren't nursed your mother or grandmother were unhealthy your mother and your maternal grandmother, maternal grandmother yes exactly are very unhealthy if they were unhealthy these are signs Those that are you red need flags. special attention to yourself Because why? Because our body has the ability to heal and regenerate. It's either healing and building or it's dealing with unending inflammation that just leads to degeneration. Yeah. Inflammation is not the dirty words doctors say it is. Inflammation is your body sending blood to a part of the body that needs to heal. But chronic inflammation is really bad. Yes. Yeah. It's ripping up everything. It's like a never ending ulcer. So you have to fix the reason for the inflammation. Don't just take anti-inflammatories and think you got it covered. That's what doctors do. They they always blame inflammation is the cause of everything. And 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 long term, yes, it is. They're right on that. But you need to fix the reason. You for have that. to go to the underlying foundational reason for the continual unending inflammation. But what the the, the modern healthcare rule today is. Give it an anti-inflammatory. Give it a steroid. Stop that inflammation. The worst anti-inflammatory. So, you know, what we do, what we try to talk about is we, we want to keep you well. That's... That's not the form of healthcare we have in this country. We have the form where you wait and wait and wait until you get sick. We like the Chinese form where you, you know, the Chinese doctors only got paid if they kept their patients well. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Yeah. So we want to help you see the red flags of, of what might happen in the future if, if you have these red flags. Well, then how is, how would my life be any different when I'm moving towards healing and building, as opposed to moving towards degeneration. Well, the biggest sign is exhaustion, yeah, in number my one, opinion. Yeah, one, the first thing we talked about. No energy. No get up and go, listlessness, the loss of joy and excitement, waning initiative to do anything. What do you want to do? I don't want I just want to sit here. I don't, you know, a loss of caring, loss of concern. As you begin to see the very uh, varied expressions of our humanity that separates us from the animal mm-hmm. world creators and the creators when you see that creative energy just kind of oh, i think i'm just going to sit here for a while that's as opposed to building and uh healing and building of the body you've got lots of energy you're out doing all kinds of things you might start a hobby you might pick up a second job that doesn't require a whole lot of time uh you're constantly looking to improve things you're in your a creator life. you're a creator that's the best word we could use here yeah. is you want to create and you still have that you want to get things done you want to go out there and just move the world and rip a hole in the universe <laughs> as a, uh you know i 
Can you reach the controller over there? I can't even turn the channel. Well, I had a patient like that last week. It was so great. She, when she first came in, she's only seen me four times over the course of a year. But when she first came in, she said that she would need things across the room and didn't have the energy yes, to go I get them. That. And yes. this, this is a lady that had five years of miscarriages before she could have a healthy child. And that was with fertility drugs and everything else. So she had systemic, you know, yes. loss of energy. And she came in and saw me. And and she says, now I can just get up and do whatever I want. Because I can go camping. she's absorbing nutrition. Yeah. It's not what you eat so much as it's what you absorb. That You couldn't say anything more true than that, Mary. Yeah. That's I mean, true. It, it, Breaking down proteins, emulsifying the fats, uh, assimilating the sugars, and excreting the toxins that's what our bodies are designed to do. And any of those things we've listed here, I think there was 21 of them, any of those things start showing up, you know you're not breaking down proteins, you're not emulsifying fat, and you're not cleaning up house in the sense of getting rid of the Excreting toxins. toxins, yeah. yeah. So, so the, what is the, the best the advice? The take home. The take home from right now. <laughs> is to eat what you crave. That's that's. The most important thing. Yes. You, you have the forbidden doctor inside of you, and it will tell you what you want at any given time. Um, you and I, Jack, we're both pretty, pretty severe carnivores. Oh, we are. <laughs> and we should probably be eating meat three times a day. If I could, if I had time and money, I would have deep sea ocean fish all the time. And, um, and then, of course, good red meat and pork and bacon and... Eggs, eggs, eggs. Eggs, lots of dairy, lots of cream, that's lots of butter. That's what we would eat. Other people might really but crave beets people, and that's asparagus. Right. There's people and, who are genetically oriented towards a little more vegetarian diet. Others are oriented towards a more carnivorous diet. One of the interesting things I found in my study of cancer, and that's kind of how we started this thing was the cancer in the title. And why we made Is it. that people who are totally strict vegan or very, very strict vegetarian on the one end or the complete total meat eaters that even go beyond the Atkins on the other end are the people who are the most prone to cancer. Ooh. The people who are in the middle who have a balanced diet and do as you said, eat what you crave. Like this morning, I got up. And normally, you know, on this morning, our son didn't go to school. I usually get up and make him eggs and bacon. And I, and I opened up the fridge and I couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. And I saw that little package of organic blueberries and my brain went crazy. <laughs> Give me those blueberries. And that's what I ate. And I don't normally eat fruit that early. So in the many morning. good things in blueberries. Yeah. But and but that now, doesn't mean you just go get them because Mary said there's so many good things in blueberries. Oh no, 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 no. That's so critical. No. That's that forbidden doctor inside of you. That, because that's, right now, do I want blueberries? No, I want some meat. Yeah. That's what I feel right now. Now you eat what you crave, except it, unless it's you're craving sugar. Unless you're craving some some processed carbohydrate. That addiction. craving is an addiction. Mm -hmm. It's unnatural. It's stemming from the opiate centers in your brain. Mm -hmm. Don't pay attention to that. But you just ask yourself right now, what do, ask your body, what do you really want? What do you really want right now? And that's what you should go get as long as it's not a processed carbohydrate. Unless it's chocolate. Yeah. Then, it, then it's okay. Right? So how can he we tell? You didn't hear me, guys. I, I heard the chocolate <laughs> part. So how can we tell if cancer's already started? Well, you can't. You can't. You can't. You this, have no idea. This, Even on our bioscan, I can't tell if you have cancer. No. And specialists tell us that we will probably, if you live 72 years or longer, go through five, six, maybe seven cancer experiences in your life, and you don't even know it. Yeah. Because so your body destroyed it. Yeah. We're always looking for that magic pill that will go in and destroy cancer and leave healthy tissue alone. But we've That's, always had it inside of us. It is our forbidden doctor. It's our pancreas that spits out and produces the trypsin, the chymotrypsin that go in and scour the body for mutated cells. Yes, and that happens to be episode number da -da -dum, 59, the answer to 97% of all cancers. So you better keep your pancreas healthy. If, oh, can we say so you can prevent cancer? I think one of the most powerful cancer preventions on the planet is a healthy pancreas. Well, I do too. I just wondered if we could say it oh, out loud. Oh, of course we can say it. Of course we can say that. We're, we're not treating we're, cancer. We're so traumatized. Cancer is the most protected industry in the world. It probably is. Yeah. Maybe even more so than the energy industry. Yeah. But uh, That's a big one. Yeah. So, you know, and, and we make a pancreas product. Yeah. And we're not ashamed of that. 
and I and I have no problem pushing my pancreas support product because well, I've never seen anything like it out there. You and I not. put our heads together, there's we put not. our hearts together, we sat down with a compounder and said, we need the best pancreas product we can put together. To balance out your blood sugar and get your pancreas healthy again so you can produce your own trypsin and chymotrypsin yeah. and everything else that goes along with it. And it sounds like that there's a conflict of interest here, but there's not in that we always have gone to the gut. We just finally, after all these years, have been able to organize ourselves well enough to put together this product that goes to the foundational reason for everything, and that's keeping your your pancreas healthy. Yes. So you keep your pancreas healthy, you keep your endocrine system, your hormones healthy with the ageless thyroid product we talked about in the last podcast. Yes. You've pretty much covered everything. I mean, if if you have a healthy pancreas and you have a well-balanced functioning thyroid, you've got some of the best insurance you can have. And all you have to do after that is just eat what you crave. And eat what you crave. Okay. So go to our website, ForbiddenDoctor.com. And if you... Slash. Oh, oh, excuse me. No. Yeah. Just no, we're not cutting do- here. This is <laughs> not slashing here. That's right. Just go there and we're going to give you a 10% off coupon if you order our Long Life Energy Enzymes or our new Ageless Thyroid. And you just type in the word podcast in the coupon field and you get 10% off. And if you heard the last podcast just prior to this uh, on the Ageless Thyroid. It's a great podcast, by the way. You'll understand why we are offering an incredible thyroid support product like this. 15 ingredients in this thyroid product. Yeah, it's it's stunning. There's nothing like it in the world. You can't find one. Nope. Anyway, I don't want to get into it. It's an incredible pot. The the last podcast, the last episode. Nope, 61. 61. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That'll do it. So we will see you next week. Um, Next week, we're going to have a great podcast. Oh, yeah. It's going to be called, it's going to be about and called How to Withstand Nuclear Fallout, GMO Foods, and Your Aunt Beth. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Forbidden Doctor podcast with Dr. Jack and Mary Stockwell. It's our pleasure to join you on your health revolution and look forward to our quest for health together. Join us again next week for more health secrets and forbidden truths about self-healing. Until then, visit ForbiddenDoctor.com and enter your email to receive a special coupon for the Forbidden Doctor special scientific formula, our long-life energy enzymes. This custom-made one-capsule supplement is created from the most concentrated energy-stimulating enzymes. For more information, be sure to head over to ForbiddenDoctor.com. These podcasts are provided for information only. The previous statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Nothing that was said is intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.